0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of hypercholesterolemia and hyperlipidemia found under the cardiovascular section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 45-year-old woman presents to her primary care physician for a routine visit. She reports feeling very tired over the past few months. She also reports gaining weight over the past year Due to physical inactivity and poor dieting habits. She has a four-pack year smoking history. On physical exam, she is overweight but otherwise without any abnormal findings. Given her risk factors, her physician recommends a screening lipid panel as well as thyroid function tests. Let's continue with an introduction to hypercholesterolemia and hyperlipidemia. Clinically, this is defined as elevated serum levels of cholesterol. And the parameters are total cholesterol, low density lipoprotein, and high density lipoprotein. Risk factors include obesity, smoking, hypertension, family history, and older age. In terms of the etiology, this may be due to familial hypercholesterolemia, physical inactivity, metabolic syndrome, diabetes, chronic kidney disease, hypothyroidism, and drugs such as steroids or protease inhibitors. In terms of the pathogenesis, hypercholesterolemia results from excess cholesterol from the diet, bile, or intestines. The triglycerides enter the plasma from the liver as very low-density lipoproteins, or VLDLs, or the intestines as chylomicrons. VLDLs are converted into LDLs, and cells with LDL receptors then receive cholesterol from the LDLs. The HDL carries extra cholesterol back to the liver to be metabolized. Conditions that are associated include diabetes, hypertension, hypertriglyceridemia, and atherosclerosis. Moving on to the presentation, patients are typically asymptomatic. On exam, in metabolic syndrome, one may note high blood pressure. In severe cases, one may note xanthomas, which are yellow nodules or plaques, especially on the Achilles tendon or fingers. One may note xanthalasma, which is yellow papules and plaques on the eyelids, and one may also note a corneal arcus, which is a white opaque ring at the border of the cornea. In terms of further studies, labs may include a fasting lipid panel. This includes a total cholesterol. Remember that greater than 200 is considered abnormal. An LDL cholesterol that is greater than 130 is considered abnormal. And the fasting lipid panel also includes HDL cholesterol and triglycerides. One should also rule out secondary causes of hyperlipidemia, such as with a fasting blood glucose, hemoglobin a1c, thyroid stimulating hormone, alkaline phosphatase, and urine analysis to assess for proteinuria. And when making the diagnosis, remember that this is based on laboratory studies. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about hypothyroidism, with distinguishing factors being that this will present with abnormal thyroid function tests. Remember that it often presents with other symptoms of hypothyroidism, which may include weight gain, cold intolerance, and lethargy. In terms of prevention, screening should begin in men at 40 years of age, in women at 50 years of age, and in men and women at 20 years of age who have risk factors for coronary artery disease, or in those with a family history of familial hypercholesterolemia. The target numbers for LDL is less than 100, or less than 70 for those with diabetes, HDL is 40 or greater, and triglycerides is less than 150. In terms of treatment, conservative options include dietary modification. This is indicated for all patients. Specific modalities include minimizing saturated fats, trans fats, sugars, and red meats. Another option is increased physical activity. This is indicated in all patients. Medical options include statins. This is indicated for those with hyperlipidemia, coronary artery disease, stroke, a greater than 10% 10-year risk of coronary artery disease and remember that it lowers mortality the side effects include liver toxicity another option is ezetimibe this is indicated as an adjuvant therapy to statins in patients with acute coronary syndrome and a final option is pcsk9 inhibitors this is indicated in hyperlipidemia even with statins at maximum dose specific drugs include alirocumab and evolocumab Complications related to hyperlipidemia and hypercholesterolemia include heart disease. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that this is associated with an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. Now that we've discussed the major points related to hypercholesterolemia and hyperlipidemia, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 37-year-old woman presents to a general medical clinic with fatigue. She is an immigrant from Brazil, and this is her first time seeing a physician in the past three decades. She reports mild itching of her skin, but otherwise has no complaints. Her vital signs are a temperature of 37 degrees Celsius, heart rate of 80 beats per minute, and blood pressure of 122 over 76, and a respiratory rate of 12 breaths per minute, with an oxygen saturation of 99% on room air a cursory physical exam is notable for xanthomas. Which of the following is true regarding this patient's illness? And the answer choices are choice one, one would expect to find lish nodules on slit lamp exam. Choice two, one might also find a positive anti-mitochondrial antibody. Choice three, further exam of the skin would reveal ash leaf spots. Choice four, angiofibromas are also likely to be present. Or choice five, An examination of the upper extremity would also reveal port wine stains. The best answer to this question is choice two. One might also find a positive antimitochondrial antibody. Xanthomas and xanthelasma are deposits consisting of lipid-laden macrophages. They are associated with familial hypercholesterolemia, as well as any disease which leads to cholestasis, such as primary biliary cirrhosis. Signs of hyperlipidemia include xanthomas and xanthelasma. A tendon xanthoma, which is a lipid deposit often found in the Achilles tendon, may also occur. Xanthomas may be found in familial hypercholesterolemia as well as in primary biliary cirrhosis, an autoimmune reaction of the biliary tract which results in extrahepatic biliary obstruction, increased pressure in the intrahepatic ducts, and conjugated bilirubinemia. This results in increased cholesterol, pruritus, jaundice, dark urine, and light stools. Antimitochondrial antibodies are positive. The publication by MoMA and Lindor discusses primary biliary cirrhosis. PBC is a chronic autoimmune cholestatic liver disease. It is characterized by slow destruction of small intrahepatic bile ducts, impaired biliary secretions, and stasis of toxic endogenous bile acids within the liver with progression to liver fibrosis and cirrhosis. It occurs more commonly in women than men at a ratio of 10 to 1. In most cases, diagnosis relies on a positive antimitochondrial antibody in the context of chronic cholestasis, without the need for a liver biopsy. The publication by Robinson discusses familial hypercholesterolemia, another condition where xanthomas may be observed. Familial hypercholesterolemia is a genetic disorder of lipid metabolism, that is characterized by a significant elevation in levels of low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, and patients are at very high risk for premature coronary heart disease. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Lisch nodules are found in neurofibromatosis type 1. Choices 3 and 4. Ash leaf spots and cutaneous angiofibromas are characteristic of tuberous sclerosis. Choice 5. Port wine stains are characteristic of Sturge-Weber syndrome. That's all for this review about hypercholesterolemia and hyperlipidemia. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.